3: Are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, February 5th, known as Super Bowl Sunday to many people. Not so much to us, though we'll we'll get to that at the very end of the show. But we would like to remind you there are many of other things going on in the world today and throughout the week. So we're going to cover a lot of that. I'm Liz Dolan, I'm in Santa Monica. My sister Julie Dolan is in Dallas. Hello, Julie.
1: Hey, I've already watched six hours of Super Bowl coverage, so I'm good to go. <laughs>
3: You can hear Leanne Dolan laughing from Pasadena, California. Leanne, do you have all the TVs in your home already focused on football?
0: You know what? The TVs are not on, Liz, but the chili is on. So that's even more important. Yes, indeedy.
3: All right. And Monica Dolan in Portland, Oregon. Welcome home. You have an exciting trip report for us to start the show.
2: I do, but Liz, you know what I'm looking forward to today? My favorite tv show of the year the puppy bowl oh i know
3: that is <laughs> don't
2: forget to tune into the puppy bowl people on the animal planet it's just highly entertaining
3: <laughs> yeah because i do
2: think the madonna
0: halftime show is going to be horrendous that's what i'm, I'm betting
3: but and i I'm think I'm it's so going to look- be horrendous in a good way that's my prediction yeah
0: <laughs> i am so looking forward to elton john's tweets post madonna <laughs> halftime show it's exciting
3: Okay, Monica, you were in New Orleans all week, back in one of your favorite towns in the USA.
2: I know. I just had the most wonderful week in New Orleans. Now, I I went for a big work conference, uh, but I went the weekend before. So I went last weekend because I need a little R&R, you know, a little time to spend in the city doing the things I like to do before the conference started. And I just, Julie, I think I sent you an email saying, I am just having a wonderful time here. <laughs> Monica, it sounded like it. It sounded like you were doing all sorts of fun stuff. What what went what, wrong? When, when, when? Well, here's what I did. You know, Julie's son got married in October, and we were all there. And Julie's son and her new daughter-in-law put together this wonderful guidebook for all the wedding guests. And I stuck to that guidebook, Julie. <laughs> I, I, used, I I used most of the suggestions that Will and Lauren had written in their guidebook. And I'll tell you, in the first 48 hours, I had ticked off three things they said. I went to hear music on Saturday night. As soon as I got off the plane, um, I checked That's into the my spirit. hotel. And I just went right for this place on Frenchman Street called Three Muses, which I highly recommend. Had a fantastic night. Then the next day, I took the streetcar uptown, walked all around, and then I had brunch at a place that Will and Lauren recommended, Patois, like a five-star mm-hmm. experience, five out of five mm-hmm. stars. Very lovely. Um, and then the next day, I did something that was so much fun I, I really recommend it to people going to New Orleans just to get out of the uh, French Quarter. I did a bicycle tour.
3: Monica that's I
2: think exciting. I, saw, I think I saw a Facebook post or a tweet about that. there was some- it was called the Confederacy of cruisers Tour okay <laughs> so it was like kind of a motley crew there that showed up uh, at, and it was you got to go ride a bike all around. Uh, the Faubourg Marigny, uh, Bywater neighborhood, and Treme. So, and then you came back into the French Quarter. So it definitely took you like a little farther afield than most tourists go so it was just super interesting and you know the good thing about new orleans is it is completely flat <laughs> that's true well, it's yeah. flat it's monica it's
1: flat but there are gigantic potholes and they fill the potholes with oyster shells and well, i you know, mean sweet, it's sweet. so uneven there wasn't it treacherous riding the
2: bicycle <laughs> No. well what i loved is we all gathered <laughs> in the slightly run down park in the faubourg Mernier, and we had a the safety talk, which there were a couple of key points. They said, um, helmets are optional. (laughs) Don't even worry about wearing helmets. But, Julie, I know about the street, so I put that helmet on. Then uh, the woman told us that these bikes, we were on these big, giant cruiser bikes, no gears, you know. She said, um, they're so stable, you can drink a beer and smoke a cigarette and wear a big flouncy dress and ride these bikes. Because she said she's done that many <laughs> Leah, this was the safety talk. So it was just, uh-huh. That is so
3: classic, Louisiana. It was yeah. just so
2: right. classic. And then when we took off, it was such a nice group. Uh, the guy, Jeff, who was giving the tour, who ended up giving the tour, was just hilarious. It was like there was absolutely no regard for... Uh, stop signs or street lights. I mean, we were just like riding in the middle of the street i mean his basic message was try not to get hit by a truck or anything <laughs> you know try to stay try to stay up with the group but it was just really really fascinating i i that was like definitely one of the highlights of my trip and i ended up going back to all of those neighborhoods in the you know following days so that was just really fun now i did sign up to take the movie tour which sounded really fun you get in a van drive all over the city, they take you to all these spots where movies have been made in New Orleans, and then you get back in the van, you get to see a scene in the movie, which I thought sounded really super fun. But unfortunately, there was some low attendance on the day I was going to go, so they had oh, to cancel no. the tour. Oh. Yes, they canceled the tour and the guy's like, can't you go some other day this week? I said, you know, I have to go to work starting on Tuesday. <laughs> he said, well, do you have to really go to work? I said, yeah, I really have to go to work. And so, see, this is the
1: problem with uh, New Orleans. That's that's their work ethic there. Do you, do you think you really know. have to go to work? You know, because if you could have a good time instead of going to work, that probably would be the better thing to do.
2: Right. I mean, I, I there was other incidents uh, in the week where people were trying to convince me to just ditch work and come with them. That was that was sort of a theme. Theme throughout the week, but I have to tell you that I um I even looked forward to the conference, and I I'm very proud of the fact that they had seven thirty sessions every day, and I made it to those seven thirty sessions every day. So I just like to get some credit for that. But um, wow, laissez
3: les bon temps rouler. That's yeah, hours. I al-
2: yeah. I also went out. I mean, I went out and heard music every night, and I went back to that place we went after the rehearsal dinner, Irvin Mayfield's jazz playhouse mm-hmm. yes yes remember loved it there oh yeah
1: went, at the royal hotel yes it's very nice in there monica how was very it when nice. you
2: went back consider very very nice considering the fact that it is on bourbon street which is just so unappealing mm-hmm. to me i mean i just yeah,
1: it's wrong. Su- it's raunchy. Raunchy.
2: It's raunchy and it's really loud. It's like yes. cacophonous, You know, I just don't know why why you would want to be surrounded by like just blasting music. I just, you know, of course it's not my thing at all. I mean, you got to just, uh, anyways, that wasn't my thing at all, but I heard music almost every night. I went to Frenchman Street, ran into some friends of mine at the conference that I had met, like at other meetings in Canada. And we all went out and heard music on Thursday night. The weather was lovely. It was just an amazing trip. And I ate some, some crazy good food. You know, mm-hmm. fried green tomatoes. I had boudin. I mean, I even ordered macaroni and cheese one day. Cause it looks like seemed like the thing to do. Um, so it was just. A well, wonder- you I like, worked off all those calories on the bike tour. On oh, the bike tour, believe me, no bicycle riding skills were needed on this tour. Uh, it, was, it was a very slow moving, like eight mile bike ride. Um, that you know, we stopped a lot. So just to. So no one fun. showed
1: up in like bicycle racing pants or you know, <laughs> oh serious. My
2: God. No, no. no. Oh, I mean, we, were, we were just, I mean, no one was in a flouncy dress, but it's good to know that we could have gone on the tour in the flouncy <laughs> dress. <No.
3: laughs> hey, d- d- hey d- Monica, didn't I see a Facebook post from you that while you were going through Treme, you actually saw them shooting the TV show Treme? Yes,
2: yes. that's how exciting good. was that. Yeah, that's I fair. mean, uh, because. Because I sort of discovered where that neighborhood was on the bike tour. I mean, it's just north of the French Quarter. I just had never been there. So one night I before dinner, I just took a really long walk. This was after the conference. And they were filming a scene from uh, the TV show, which was very cool. So, uh, yeah, that was one of the highlights of my week. It was great.
3: Okay, well, uh, I have a little trip report. This is Liz. I was actually these cities are pretty similar, actually, in ways you would not expect. I was, I was, I was in Rio de Janeiro this week, and for a little work thing and uh it was the launch of a new sports network in brazil and as you know it's quite a sports loving country brazil yes. and and they have a couple of major sporting events coming up in brazil one is this thing called the world cup which they are hosting Woo! the next one up yeah and then they of course have the olympics coming to rio uh so how did they get the olympics i don't what know the heck? <laughs> I think.
1: I think it's going to be, isn't it going to be good in Rio, Liz? Won't that be exciting and fun?
3: I well The good thing is that they're going to have to work out quite a few of the kinks for the World Cup, you know, <laughs> and, and the World Cup is spread out all over the entire country. So apparently their concerns about the World Cup are not so much what they have going on in Rio or Sao Paulo, but in some of the other venues in some of the other cities where maybe the actual football stadiums. Are not really being built yet, so there's, you know. But I figure every country goes through this kind of panic right before they host a World Cup or an Olympics. So, other than the fact that the day before I got to Rio, three buildings blew up and fell down in downtown Rio, <laughs> yeah. it just seems to be like typical <laughs> of pre-big sporting event jitters. Um, and and I would say this about this: if you ever have a chance to go to Rio de Janeiro. It's an amazingly beautiful city. It is really. It's the second time I had been there. I was there once before, just on vacation. This was much more work. But uh, I was there over a weekend for work, so they thought that it would be nice and take us on a little tour. Sadly, the weather was not good. It was kind of rainy and overcast, so, you know, one of the more famous places in Rio de Janeiro is Sugarloaf Mountain, where you take this tram up to the top, and you're looking at the whole ocean and the beaches and the mountains, and you look across at Christ the Redeemer statue, you know, the big famous statue. Uh, mm-hmm. We got up to the top. You could not see your hand in front of your face. It was. Oh, yeah. no. 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 It was classic. It was completely socked in. So that yeah. was a little bit disappointing because the last time I was there, when I was there on vacation, when I went up to Christ the Redeemer, the exact same thing happened. Yeah. Um, so I've so said, you really have
1: no proof that this is a spectacular view. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I
3: I can tell you from the ground when you're like standing on Copacabana Beach, it is pretty darn beautiful. But I'm I'm told it's even more beautiful when you're looking at it from high up. But I, I cannot personally testify to that. Uh so but anyway, really fun, really great city, uh incredibly beautiful. But the big for work we had this big event on Monday night, a launch party for the sports network. And it was fancy. And so that afternoon I was or early evening when I was getting dressed, I noticed that I, I don't know what caused it, but I had these giant Spots all over my legs. I I don't know whether it's something. Uh, I know Mom would say it must be the detergent they uh, washed the sheets in or something. But as I put bed
2: bugs, Liz.
3: It was not bed bugs, Monica. No, totally uh, not that. No.
1: I, Were you having some allergic reaction? Maybe we could just diagnose it right now. Allergic reaction? <laughs> Were you on some medication or anything?
3: I was not on any kind of medication, but clearly I was having a reaction to something. And But it, luckily it was only the bottom half of my body. Uh, But I I suppose it's
1: kind of a fashion quandary (laughs) depending on what you were planning on wearing to this So, this is exactly
3: my point, Julie. So, I'm I'm getting dressed Monday night. I'm in this cocktail dress, and like the spots on my legs are not good. Really, not good at all. So, then the bronzer, which I was planning to use only on my face and my decolletage, now I'm putting bronzer all over my legs to try to cover the spots that are all over my legs.
1: And this is. That never works, does uh, it? it no. never works. No, <laughs> right. But here's no,
3: it doesn't work. But, but here's here's the good news. About halfway through that process, all of a sudden it taunts on me, I am going to be in a room full of Brazilian women. What are the chances that anyone is going to be looking at my legs? Right, really? It was it was so liberating to realize that everyone in the room would be so much more beautiful that I didn't even need to think about the spots on my legs. I just said, "Okay, screw it. I did as much with the bronzer as I possibly could. (laughs) And then I just assumed that I would be standing next to Giselle Bündchen and her friends. And so I really didn't need to worry about that. So was that the case? Was it
1: a a party full of Brazilian supermodels, Liz?
3: It was uh, was full of Brazilian athletes of both genders, Julie. So there were quite a lot of young, attractive men and women there. Um, soccer players, basketball players, beach volleyball players. Right,
0: they had so, the beach volleyball. Yeah.
3: Oh my god, yes. Yeah. So, so I tried to like stay close to them because they were such an excellent distraction. That I knew <laughs> I knew nobody would look at my legs if I was standing next to a beach volleyball player. So, <laughs> so that pretty much worked, and uh, and that was my report. It was really fun all the way around. As I say, like if you score some World Cup or Olympic tickets go because Brazil is a fantastic country and Rio is an amazingly beautiful city at least from sea level you know that's all I can that's, a, that's all I can tell you about and now I'm home well,
1: well while you two girls were on such exciting trips to Brazil and to New Orleans I I had Monday morning I had a really and truly rude awakening I got up early I got up at the regular time 5 a.m. went into the bathroom And for some reason, you know, this is when you're not really awake. I was like, there's some sensation on my feet and I can't figure (laughs) out what it is. I can't really like, can't, can't really pin it down. Some kind of of allergic reaction,
3: like spots. No, no,
1: No, it's not bed bugs or an allergic reaction, but it's kind of cold and wet. And then it takes me a few seconds to realize like I am standing in water I was like, why am I standing in water? You know, all of this is going on in slow motion. And then I look up and I realize that I have, unexpectedly, I have a new water feature in my master bathroom. Like the whole master bathroom ceiling is now raining down water. Oh, my God. That's rough. That's rough. 5 a.m. Monday morning. Monica, I have a water heater on the second floor of my house and it burst. And it Oh, no. Yeah, that's a big mess. That is a gigantic mess. So there was a lot of like yelling and screaming and trying to find out, you know, how to turn off. You know the, you know, even if you turn off the water to the house, that doesn't stop the fifty-gallon water heater from. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> from
3: if, the, if the water's already in the tank, there's really nothing you can do. Yeah, about there's that. you're
1: really yeah, it's really not going well. So that it's there's you know there's pieces of ceiling coming down. So it's just. Like a bad day all the way around. Um, But, you know, I get on the phone. I'm like, you call some, you know, 1 800 plumber, you know, 24 hour service. I need someone right away. And so, miraculously, I got a plumber by about eight o'clock in the morning. um, And he came over. And in fact, I have two water heaters on the second floor. So one had burst. The other one, the same age, was, was, you know, was fixing to burst. (laughs) Was, yeah, that's it. Fix it to why, burst. Why, like, why, is- do, why do they burst? Okay. Yeah. Monica, that is the fundamental, that is the es- essential question of the yes. universe. Why? Why? Why do they burst? Because they just, and they all do this, okay? So uh, all day long, you know, I, I had a plumber there for 12 hours to replace two water heaters. Wow. Uh, and a circulation pump. And then, of course, you know, I have to get a whole nother crew to dry out all all the damage because, you know, as soon as people start talking about house mold, then, you know, oh. So then I have to hire Dry Force One. They're a crew that comes with these industrial dehumidifiers,
2: (laughs) It's a good exactly. for the fish you know it's, it's so this. funny
3: it's so funny that on last week's satellite sisters you and Lee were talking about good jobs for seal team six it yes. feels <laughs> like it feels like seal team 6 could have been helpful on Monday to you Julie
1: drive force one but this this is the thing so it was quite a spectacle at my house okay i in you know in the driveway i've got the plumber's truck i have the two old water heaters they're now on the front lawn i have the big drive force one van is there and they're unloading humidifiers and bringing stuff in so you know lots of my neighbors stopped by just to see what was going on how how things were and you know every single person i talked to this week about water heaters they, they're like, oh, yeah, mine broke. Mine, mine burst. Mine burst. Have you had water heaters that, are, that have burst? Any of the sisters?
0: No? I never have, uh, no.
3: You should I go had, check We it. had
1: one fixin'
0: to burst. So, Barrett Fix had it. to replace replace it, like, the night before we went on vacation. So, he and his yes. dad went to Home Depot at, like, 10 p.m. And, re- and bought a new water heater and replaced it. It was, like, fixin' to burst.
3: Fix him to birds Well, no, but, nobody, just, nobody with the last no, name no, Dolan no, has ever no, replaced no, their own water heater. No, <laughs> I'm pretty certain about it.
1: <laughs> but this know. is the, what the plumber said, said to me. They said, oh, they last eight to ten years, and then they go. I was like, what do you mean they go? Well, they just go. They all break. And so, but the thing about, I, so I, I have come to grips with planned obsolescence. But what I don't understand is planned obsolescence followed by disaster. How is it? <laughs> Right. How is right. it that yeah. just because, I mean, it should just stop working. It doesn't have to create a giant water, you know, damage situation that it's now taken three days to dry out. It's cost thousands of dollars. You know, I just, you know, that I, and, but that's what everybody tells me. Oh yeah. My water heater broke. Oh yeah. It leaked all over the place. Yeah. So But I I don't understand how water heater manufacturers can get away with this. I mean, it's not like you ever say to yourself, okay, well, today is February 5th. So I think, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't changed my water heater in 10 years. So I think today I'll go (laughs) up and change my water heater, right?
3: Yeah. You Yeah. So some kind of alarm system, system. is that what you're hoping for, Julie? Some kind of alarm system or indication. Yeah, or even
1: yeah, like batteries, you know, some kind of, like, beeping thing. Why go oh, smoke detectors do it? Why, why, why can't we have that for that? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to launch a personal campaign, congressional committee. I think we need investigations <laughs> because it's kind of a, it's a big insurance ripoff, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you don't know. But it Jill. costs a lot of money. And, and,
3: and I want more sympathy, sisters. Just- no, Water Heater <laughs> Crusader, I like it. I like it. I think that field is wide open. I don't. There, nobody else has really claimed that space in the activist world, and I think I, th- that seems right up your alley. Actually, okay, I, I like it. I, I,
1: right up my alley. You think? Okay, and I think you all should go check the date of your um, of your water heaters. I mean, Lean, you're okay because you're married to Mr. Water Heater Changer <laughs> <Yes>. himself.
2: <laughs> well, yes. no, I, can, I I can guarantee you, my, mine is fixing to go. <laughs> fixing to go. See, see, this is it. I hope, kitty. I hope kitty can swim because
3: <laughs> your water heater's in the garage, right?
2: It's in the garage where kitty lives. So I'll just get kitty a little life preserver. Yeah. Okay. Well, My, I mine I is
3: out in an exterior courtyard, I believe. Hmm. Actually, okay. So you're it? okay. You're yeah. okay. But where I knew
2: it was
0: trouble. <laughs> it was when we bought the house. Where is I it? Said, <laughs> I love that Liz just. It's where is that water
2: heater? Okay. Don't worry, Liz. Don't worry <laughs> well, about where it is.
1: When, when you find it. All right, but I'm taking this up as my cause, okay? I'm just saying that I I think they can do more in this area, right? Uh-huh.
3: That's what I think. I yes, think you're agree.
1: Yes, you're right.
0: And, then- and when you're done with the water heaters, Julie, maybe you can work on the tags on mattresses.
1: <laughs> All right, Leanne, I, I'm with you on that,
3: too. What, you're afraid someone's going to burst in and off? arrest you for taking the tags off? <laughs> Why can't we do that? We have to leave those
0: tags on. <laughs> okay,
3: all right. Well, I, I did
0: something this week. I emceed a a business conference here in Pasadena. I gave a full report over there at the Chaos Chronicles. So, if you want to download it, please do. It's at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. You can download the Chaos Chronicles. It says it's a special uh episode. So it was fun. There was a lot happening. But one of the things happening was a screening of the documentary Misrepresentation miss being M I S S and then representation. This is a documentary that was directed by Jennifer Siebold Newsom, who happens to be married to Gavin Newsom. He was the mayor of San Francisco. And now he's, I don't know. he's, just, he's like the state's attorney or something. I don't Isn't know he, he
3: Lieutenant governor or something. Lieutenant governor. No. Thank you, Liz. I knew, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Um, and, uh,
3: it's okay so, not to know because that's not really a job. So carry on. No, yeah.
0: I don't know what they do. Um,
3: Anyway, we can
0: take up water a- heaters. I think. Okay, go ahead. Write okay. to him, Julie. I think he cares deeply about the people and their water heaters. Um, so, anyway, the film is an is a um, it's an examination of how the media's portrayal of women has uh, left women in really bad shape in many ways. Not only do we have issues with our bodies, we also have issues with power. We can't ever be elected president because the media does such a terrible job of portraying women. So she goes pretty far afield to to present this. And it's two hours long. And as mom would say, it's 20 minutes too long. But uh, there is a lot of, like, fascinating, depressing footage on just how women are portrayed in the media and it's everybody from kim kardashian to sarah palin and hillary clinton to what passes for news on certain cable news channels so there are some shocking footage like of how badly people talk about women all the time on the air just the outrageous things they
3: say just the kind of put downs and things like that or personal comments about their appearance all of it yes yeah so
0: that that covers the news area and then you know there's whole like the whole area of reality TV like you know, imagine one housewife after the other scenes of, like, women doing horrible things to each other on the air. And you do begin to wonder, what is wrong with us? <laughs> why why can't anybody put women on the air that are, hmm, normal women that worry about their water heater or the spots on their legs? You know, how come that hasn't happened? And the director tries to sort of make this straight line from the media's portrayal to... The media companies and how there are no women that sits on, sit on the board of the media companies and they're all controlled by advertisers anyway so again very far afield she you just have to sort of go with the whole thing um, but it was really interesting i would say particularly the parts where she compares the coverage of you know women politicians that is just astonishing and awful what people say about sarah palin hillary clinton nancy pelosi I mean, you name it. Like Ed, Michelle Bachman, any woman in politics has just been absolutely shredded for things that have absolutely nothing vilified. to do
3: with
1: yeah, Oh, on, my God. By, by both men and women. Men uh, and men. women. Yeah, that yeah. Which is really left,
0: and left and right. It doesn't right. matter. It's just, like, astonishing to see some of these things. And one of the most depressing things for me to see as someone who used to have a nationally syndicated radio show that was award-winning and money-making and positive about women was Michael Savage, like, completely shredding um, uh, Madeline Albright. You know, he's yeah. just said, oh, that pig, that stupid fat pig. That, really? What he's, yeah. Right. I was like, oh, I'm glad he's still on the air and we're <laughs> in the closet. But uh, <laughs> I know.
3: I'm glad I know.
0: He has, It's just, sometimes it's incredibly depressing, girls, isn't it? I like think about it. I'm like, how is it possible that he is still on the air and we're like recording podcasts in our closets? What, what's Maybe there is something to this misrepresentation
3: thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And remember, Madeline Albright was on our show several times and she was a lot of fun to talk to. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and not stupid at and all. I don't smart. say this.
1: And plenty smart. Even if you don't agree with yeah. her, she's plenty smart.
0: Right. So. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but there was one thing I wanted to ask you about, because when they're examining sort of the portrayal of women in the media and how it's so bad, it, it means that we're never going to no one's ever going to take it seriously in the political Area, And uh, there are a lot of statistics to back that up. You know, fewer women in Congress now than four years ago and all kinds of things like that. Um, but they showed this like one little segment about the Equal Rights Amendment. Okay.
3: And now oh, I remember I that. I
0: know. It was know. 1982 when it didn't pass. And there's the picture of Rosalind Carter and Betty Ford holding hands, you know, on stage trying to get it passed there. Girls, what happened? What? Why could you not get that passed? I mean, I was in high school, so I don't think it's my
1: fault. But were you not marching hard enough? <laughs> I don't know. Happen? I wore a button. I mean, but I had an 18 month old, and I was pregnant. I think with this uh, with Will. But I had buttons on, and I, I, I know I was marching for it, but. Yes, I I
3: remember most of it actually taking place when I was in high school, Leon. Because a lot, you know, it was a constitutional amendment, so it meant all of the states had to ratify it, and so it was years and years of demonstrations and parades and all kinds of things. And I remember all of that happening, like when I was in high school, and I guess a little bit in college, but much more high school. And it all, but when I think about the issue that where people really broke down there was this moment where the entire debate seemed to be about how if the Equal Rights Amendment passes, we will all have to use the same bathrooms. Do you remember oh, that, Julie? That, that, that. that it, oh. es- it essentially came down to, what? We won't have men's rooms and ladies' rooms anymore? People were actually making yeah, that I, point, that it would be illegal to seg- segregate oh. bathrooms. And it all just seemed to break down from there but now okay. you realize
1: that on a lot of college campuses like in these co-ed dorms that's what they have one I know, no
3: because they like it that way julie because they're <laughs> because they're
1: disgusting college kids yes yeah.
3: no because they're 19 years old and that sounds like fun to them but it's but i don't think the law has mandated that and no uh,
1: no but never did but you're right, Liz. it be, it became this sort of preposterous thing that you know we we're all going to have to share the same bathroom
3: right and a lot of other examples like that that were just crazy. And remember, the, when you think back on it, this was even before the era of crazy cable news networks. This yeah. was this was like real broadcast networks telling us this. And so <laughs> it, it seemed, it just got people really alarmed. And I don't know. So it broke down over like really th- things like that, that people just went crazy. And every once in a while, I do think about that. Like, man, I can't believe that we don't have an equal rights amendment. I can't believe there's nothing in the constitution that actually guarantees us equal rights. It's kind of surprising when you think about it.
0: It surprised me the other night in the middle of this documentary. I was like, yeah, what did happen to that? Couldn't be all Phyllis Schlafly's fault or whatever her name was. That's uh,
3: right. Okay. Yes. But
0: the other, I think, huge glaring thing missing from this documentary is, um, You know, besides the point that the documentarians never actually take sort of the individual actresses or women to task, like, you know what, if Paris Hilton is a bad role model, let's point the figure at Paris Hilton. Like, you are allowed to say no to horrible roles that demean women. Mm So, you know, women do have a responsibility to not do horrible things to themselves and other women. So that's true. But there was, I would have liked to have seen a major segment on the most dangerous movie ever made, which was Pretty Woman. And yes. I was shocked that that was not singled out as the turning point for the downfall of women in film. <laughs>
1: Liz, you have been on a personal protest of one against yes. Julia Roberts well, again, ever since she made that movie.
3: I'm glad I so, have at least convinced I Leon. I feel good that like I've now recruited one person to my campaign. Leon also believes that this prostitute fantasy man coming in saving you thing, like that is not going to get us anywhere people. That is not no. what you should be hoping for.
0: No, I mean here she was a hooker and then she goes shopping and then she goes back to being a hooker. That's quite a character <laughs> arc. That's really That's really quite a lesson for young girls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I thought there should maybe there should be just a whole documentary. Honesty on pretty woman. I'm for Pretty Woman. That's right. Let's, uh, let's really, blame
3: Julia Roberts. Let's
2: do yeah.
0: That. Once once you're done with the water heater activism, <laughs> get on that. Why don't you direct a film?
1: I could. It could be a multifaceted approach because I am sure Julia Roberts has done something with her water heater that I don't agree with either.
0: But <laughs> you can go to misrepresentation.org if you want to check it out. There's screencasts. Yeah, I will because I.
1: It, is it going
0: to be all really the. Country? Yeah but there's some there a lot of them are at like one night only screenings or at colleges or at private organizations so they're kind of rolling it out um in a in a way that documentaries are rolled out so it didn't get like a nationwide opening but th- there it's being screened all over and then eventually it will come out on DVD but you can sign a pledge at misrepresentation to sort of um you know take responsibility for the media that you consume you know stop buying tabloids stop watching real housewives stop doing this stop doing that that and send a message to the advertisers and media companies that you want better representation i think you just need to subscribe to the satellite sisters podcast and the chaos chronicles podcast Mm -hmm. i I agree you're here at Stitcher radio or at itunes and then that's the first step
3: right i I agree with that and support the positive images of women not the negative ones and when we're at so far We're we're in. One other thing on on the media companies, you know, for all of the news that um, uh, was devoted this week to the Facebook IPO, did you Mm -hmm. happen to notice one little detail that Facebook does not have a single woman on their board of directors?
1: Liz, I noticed that, and I saw I saw it as our avenue to take that company down. Because you know, in the bitter business bureau, I have a tiny bit of resentment. uh, Oh, totally, (laughs) yeah. Corrupt system, so it's hard to say who you know where this power, you know where the these demonstrations are going to lead to other than hopefully more transparent elections that aren't rigged and that maybe someone else would be elected to the government. We'll see.
3: It is kind of amazing, though, Julie, from the years when you lived in, Lo- in Moscow. Let's remind people that you lived there when Putin was in charge the first time around. The fact that there actually are these spontaneous demonstrations is amazingly dramatic.
1: It is, Liz, because the few demonstrations I saw when I lived there – There were maybe be 20 people that would show up to demonstrate against something, and there would be about 200 policemen, and they were contained in a very small area, um, very close to where our apartment was, uh, because it was near the Parliament building. But these demonstrations where you're having people from all walks of life, you know, that are, that are coming out to demonstrate, you know, uh, both young people, older people, you know, it's really very interesting to see. And coming in the dead of winter, you know, you can, you can really sense the discontent that they have with some of the political corruption that's going on there. So that is a story that, you know, I think we just, You know, I'm going to continue to watch with fascination to see how that unfolds and what uh, reforms it leads to. So that, you know, that's a big one. The other story that caught my eyes this week, sisters, is when I read it was a small, small news item where it said two women were kidnapped um, in uh, the southern region of Egypt, this is near Sharm El Sheikh, where I lured Liz one Christmas time <laughs> to come on vacation. Right when we that's were living, that's true. In We've been there.
3: It's the very bottom of the Sinai Peninsula. You were living in Russia. I was in California, and we met there for Christmas vacation. The beautiful Red Sea Riviera, they call it, right?
1: Right. And one of the highlights, which I think you had to miss because of your uh, flight schedule, is that you are able to go visit the beautiful monastery um, of Mount St. Catherine's. And this is where Moses is uh, supposed to have seen the burning bush. It's a very holy spot for both Christians and Islams. Um, And so people arrange little, uh, you can arrange, Monica, it's a lot like New Orleans where it's pretty loose. You, you arrange a tour guide and a minivan and you drive through the desert about two hours to get to this um, Mount St. Catharines uh, to see the monastery. Well, these two women and their tour guide and a couple of other people in a minivan were actually held up by Bedouin Bedouins that, and they kidnapped these two Americans. They were hoping to to get, um, to get the release of two, of other Bedouins that were in jail in Egypt, um, Fortunately, the women were released. Um, I don't think the Bedouin pit prisoners were released, but it just really—I I, have—I have to make a public statement: is that I actually have been encouraging people to go to Egypt because I thought, oh, this would be a really good time because it's not going to be as crowd crowded um, because because of all the uh, the you know unrest that they've had there. But I thought, oh, it's you know still perfectly safe to go. Okay, no longer safe. Please do not go. So it's hard to choose. It's your money. Do what you want with it. Okay. Here's why
3: why I disagree with that. Uh, Okay. Because in the case of Susan G. Komen, it's not their money. It's our money. Okay. so, (laughs) So it's a little bit different here. I feel like, this is Liz, like... I have supported Susan G. Komen in the past with my own personal money. I have supported Planned Parenthood in the past with my own personal money. And it's because they are both very important organizations to provide health care to women on entirely different issues. Susan G. Komen, obviously, it's about curing breast cancer. I am for that. So the thing that bugged me about their decision this week when they took the money away from Planned Parenthood is it felt like... It wasn't a decision that had anything to do with curing breast cancer. It was a decision that just had something to do with something else entirely. And I thought they were all about breast cancer. So I would just like that they should be—they should be curing breast cancer. That's what I want them to do, and I'm happy to support them if they do that. But the moment they start mixing that up with other things or other ways to spend their money or not spend their money, that seems—that seems wrong to me. Because it sort of goes back to something you were saying earlier about women supporting women, I feel like both of these organizations are incredibly important organizations for just women's health in the United States, so right. that, so to have them pitted against each other cannot be good for us. I am not for that, so that's my feeling. well I that. think it's really
1: confused as to what their you know ultimate purpose was. I don't think that they were trying to help less women, um, you know, find out, you know, find out about breast cancer or not, but they certainly botched their, (laughs) whatever they were doing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's left left more people confused and bewildered about that organization, you know, because, because the Susan Susan G. Komen Foundation was started here in Dallas, there's been a lot of coverage about it. And, you know, again, this is where I think, you know, women being critical of women in the local paper here, a former uh, Susan G. Komen um, media person said that they thought this was a lot like the Penn State Joe Paterno mess that now you know you're never going to be able to think of the Susan G Komen um, organization without thinking about this you know can debacle and you know it's the same as Joe Paterno and the sex scandal I don't think so do you
0: really well, that's kind of a bridge too far, but I don't think people will think of Susan G. Komen the same. I, I, I don't. I, I think there are that. going to be a lot of people that don't write checks to them, thinking I would just rather give to a small local organization. I think I, I'm tempted really- to
3: agree with Lee, and it. Well, I'll just talk about me. I can't project other people's behavior. It does make me feel differently about what's going on inside that organization. I always thought of them as the, like, friendly pink ribbon, let's cure breast cancer, we're all in this together kind of organization. And now I'm not so sure that that's who they are. I don't know who they are, and I'm I'm not certain that they're not about that. But now they've created this question in my mind that never existed before this week about
0: Which, Liz, that's was kind of the addendum to my point, is you can give your money to whomever you want, but that doesn't mean I can't react to that.
3: Right, exactly. You know? right. That doesn't exactly. mean
0: I can't make decisions based on your choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are companies, I don't buy their product because I know there are things they support that I don't support.
1: Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, curiously, there are many people that that never knew that the Susan G. Komen Foundation gave money to Planned Parenthood, and now they're upset because they never <laughs> right. knew that the went there to begin with. I think so they it, just
0: uh, should have owned it and moved on because I think they probably would have split the difference. There have been people that might have bailed because they gave money to Planned Parenthood and other people that they might have attracted. But the flip flop I, I think it has been disastrous for them. But you know what, I don't really care.
3: <laughs> I mean, well, I know. think I think now they will come under a lot more scrutiny than they ever did before, and many organizations do not do well under that kind of scrutiny. You know, right. so now now we're bound to find out lots of things about that organization that we didn't know before. So people will be forming even more judgments. It's just, it's a shame. It's it just. Well,
1: I hope that breast cancer survivors and people that, you know, you know, need to get in for early breast cancer detection aren't, you know, aren't the ones that are going to suffer it as a result of this.
3: I agree. That's why it's so crazy to create this sideshow. Well, anyway. Okay. All right. Moving all right. on. I
0: just give all, let's give all our money to Kitty. It seems like <laughs> she deserves it.
2: <laughs> She's going to need it when that water heater breaks. <laughs> Save Kitty.
3: All right. I have, a, I have a New Year's resolution report. Here we are in the first week in February that I need to um, give you an update on. Over the Christmas holiday, between Christmas and New Year's, when I was up in Oregon on vacation, I decided I was going to get my act together insurance-wise. Just to, speaking of Kitty, that the, there were two people in my life that needed to be more fully insured. One was Ferris, and the other one was me. So over the Christmas vacation, I, well, I like, went online and I researched all my company benefits, blah, 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 blah. And I realized I could get discounted pet insurance for Ferris and I could get long, long term. Through your
1: company benefit. You have that as a company benefit, Liz. Just, yeah. It's not, uh,
3: the company doesn't pay for it. They just enroll you. You get like 5% off the, whatever the, the cost is of the, yeah, okay. yeah, sure. Why not? Um, Pet-friendly company. Good. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I enrolled Ferris for pet insurance, and I enrolled myself for long-term care insurance. And as long as we're going to be on all kinds of different soapboxes today, can I just say, like, save your money. Don't go to Egypt. Julie's right. Spend all that money buying yourself long-term care insurance. Because we as a family now are dealing with the repercussions of Our parents not having any kind of long-term care insurance and requiring long-term care. And let me tell you, it is terrifying when you start to look at what it's actually going to cost you to take care of yourself when you are older. So because we've been paying a lot of attention to this inside the Dolan family lately, I decided to take care of this. So over the holidays, I did all my research, got da-da-da-da through the company. I knew who the insurance provider was. And again, it's not something the company pays for. They just open the door and you get a Discount. so i did all of this over the holiday well this week i got the notice back from the so-called insurance provider that the deadline for enrolling was 12 31 11 that the, that this benefit is no longer available to anyone
2: so this company happens to,
3: this company happens to be john hancock so john hancock is not rolling enrolling any more people in the long-term care plan um whether your company has them as a provider or not. So I missed the deadline literally by two days. By I had been oh, dragging my, my feet, and I finally, like, it was on the 2nd of January, I sent in all of the paperwork, but... I was forty eight hours too late. So now there are other insurance providers out there that can do this, but now I have to begin this whole process all over again. It's just really annoying to know that my my dog is insured over the long term and I and I am not. (laughs) And I just he's gonna have to live for like thirty or forty years in order to be able to take care of me in my old age.
1: And I was gonna say you're gonna have to teach Ferris a few more tricks if he's gonna
3: (laughs) provide Anyway, so just a just a warning to people: these kinds of policies. It's a little tricky to figure out what you need and what you want. Uh, but we're living through the like all of that now, and uh, so I'm going to get it figured out. So now, by the end of February, I'm I'm going to get myself signed up somewhere else. But oh well, my dog is insured, but I am not for the long term. Oh well. <laughs> okay, just take care, Liz. Yeah, take care. All right. So
0: I, I'm just keeping a list. We have water heater, Facebook, John Hancock, Pretty Woman, and the Susan G. Goman Foundation. That's just that's our platform. <laughs> All right, just just keeping a look. Hey, you guys, I am watching the clock, and I know that we're coming up on our max for um, our we're recording. <laughs> For recording, so we had some more smoking stories, but we're just going to have to save them for next week. <laughs> so.
1: Just a shout out to Eli Manning. It is Super Bowl weekend. Eli, you know I feel close to you. I know you don't feel close to me, but I wish you well today. Okay, <laughs> no, Julie,
2: ahead. I went to the I went to Manning's when I was in New Orleans. Archie Manning just opened a new sports bar last week, okay. and uh, I did do a little run through there. So. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl, too. Julie, you, Julie, you
3: feel close to Eli because your kids grew up with him. Is that what <laughs> it, it is? He grew up.
1: Uh, Eli was on the same sports team as my son, Nick. Uh, in fact, my husband coached Eli, and he takes full credit for Eli's success. So, <laughs> So... Way to go, Giants.
3: (laughs) So go Blue, go Eli, go Giants. Uh, We're the Satellite Sisters. Remember, we're on Facebook at The Satellite Sisters. So join there so we can take the whole structure down. Yeah. You know what? I noticed we're only like 12 members away from going over the 2,000 mark on our Facebook group page. And 2,000 people is a lot of Satellite Sisters. So if you haven't signed up yet, go do that yet. Go do that now at The Satellite Sisters. Or if you already are one of – if you've liked us, get your friends to do it too. And then we'll all get together and we'll take over Facebook. So uh, there you it. <laughs> we
0: don't want to take over Facebook. We just want to get some publicity, Liz, for our <laughs> movement.
3: Okay. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Is that it, everybody? We've we've covered. Wow. We've set a lot of goals for ourselves this week. That was exciting. Uh, We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget. Call your Satellite Sisters.